Hello, this is Gary Naylor. What we're going to talk about today is very significant. Recognizing the significance of it is by the mere fact that by ignoring what I'm going to share in the past has cost the lives of 53 million Americans. The scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's not just knowledge, but it is a complete lack in the understanding of one, what God is doing. And number two, a failure to understand the ways of Yahweh. I've repeated this over and over again. Moses knew his ways and the sons of Israel knew his acts. People today do not know the ways of Yahweh. They do not know what Yahweh God is doing. It's almost like their Bible is a cartoon book. There is no depth in their understanding. And the fact is, it was going to be for 2,000 years. There has been a blindness that has been upon the church for 2,000 years. I'm going to begin this teaching with something that is very important in knowing Yahweh's ways, and that is the pattern of the Trinity. It's strange that people argue over the Trinity, and they don't know how impacting it is. So I'm going to mention just a few trinities, and you will see that this pattern is extraordinarily important. In fact, it could very well be the most important pattern in the scriptures and in man that there is. We will start out with the most obvious trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, in all of these examples that I'm going to give you, the first two are similar and the third is different. It's much like the passing over principle, which is a trinity, if you would. Yahweh passes over the first, he passes over the second, and he takes the third. The third is different from the other two. And that's the case with trinities as a whole. The Father and the Son are unique from the third, which is the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son have a relationship that is unique to those two, the third being different, the Holy Spirit. And that's true with us as well. We are spirit, soul, and body. This body is of this earth. It will die and we will be separated from it. It remains on the earth. Our spirit and our soul are united and when our body perishes, our spirit and soul goes back to God. And with regard to the soul, it is mind, will, and emotions. Mind and will are logic, they're government, and that's generally the case. The first two are government. And the third, emotions, <laughs> oh boy, it is a wreck waiting to happen. And it's the third part and the weakest part. And let me remind you, on any of these trinities, 
you cannot reverse them and go the other way. You cannot say, let's live by emotions, will, and mind. And that's actually a feminine way. The masculine way is mind, will, and emotions. The feminine way is a mirror image, is emotions, will, and mind. That's the way the woman is made. I was discussing this with a couple of people recently. And women are given strong emotions, which is good. They're nurturers of their children. But the man can't have that. The man has to be more so government. So he has to be mind first. Mind, will, and emotions. The woman's strength is her emotions with her children, her compassion, her understanding, her love. But (laughs) it does not work with headship or leadership. And that's why this one of the reasons why women should never be governing. They are not designed to govern, even though some women can be strong, like a Margaret Thatcher, but she does not governmentally have the right to govern. A third trinity is faith. Faith is to hear, believe, and act. And again, it has to go that way. Hear, believe, act. A feminine way is to act, believe, and hear. Again, it's operating out of the emotions. But the true way of Yahweh God is to hear from God, to believe and act. And if you don't hear and you just believe and act like a lot of charismatics do, that's called presumption. And obviously results in failure. It is not true faith. And here's another one, a very important one. And again, we're going to get to this whole matter of the trinity of the government of the United States. So most importantly, music is melody, harmony, and rhythm. And again, do you see the two being similar and the third different? Melody and harmony, they're the true music of a piece. Rhythm is completely different. In fact, you can actually have music where the rhythm itself is only evident by the marking of the tempo of the music. And for godly music, it has to be melody, harmony, and rhythm. If you reverse it, it is absolute corruption of music. And a lot of Christian music is designed to influence the flesh, just like the Trinity of man is spirit, soul, body. If you want to influence the body and make it first, then with music, you make the rhythm first. And therefore, it's fleshly music. I don't care what the message of the song is. It is fleshly music by its very nature. And you're going to see when we get to our government in the United States, you're going to see how totally destructive this music is because it violates the pattern of God. (laughs) And I'm going to pause here. And I'm going to state something that I've stated in previous podcasts. If you're going to walk in the ways of Yahweh God that are good, you have to know bones. You have to know structure. You have to know government. It cannot be female. 
You cannot go by emotions or whims. You have to go with government and stay with it. And that's the way the father is. Yes, he has compassion. He has emotions, but they don't rule. Emotions do not have a right to rule. Bones have a right to rule. So the way you will know whether it's godly music or not, in harmony with the ways of Yahweh, is there will be melody, harmony, and rhythm. In that order. Okay, let's go with truth. What's the trinity of truth? It's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. You have to go in that direction. The universities want to teach knowledge so that you can have understanding. But it's not truth. Because it never leads to wisdom. Wisdom requires that you start with it first. And out of wisdom, you seek understanding. And with wisdom and understanding, you gain knowledge. Another trinity is the trinity of the scriptures. It is prophecy, moral values, and history. And the prophecy prevails in the scriptures. Moral values are second. History is simply third. Uh, another trinity, if you would, because it follows the same pattern, is Passover Pentecost Tabernacles. And even the tabernacle in the wilderness, it was Holy of Holies, Holy Place, and Court. That was the order of significance. And the two, again, are alike, and the third is different. Now, when our nation was established, it was established with a like trinity in governance. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. The first part of that trinity is the executive, the president. The next is legislative, which would be Congress, Senate. And then third, the third part is judicial. Now, it is said that they are three equal parts. And in some manner, that is certainly true. But functionally, we see something different. It seems that certainly the executive, the president, has the greatest authority. Now, in government in general, the president would be like a king. He would be the top ruler. And he can make executive orders. And then you have the legislative. And their role is to write the laws. The third branch of government, of course, is judicial. Now, they cannot write laws. They are not a governmental part of it from the standpoint of formulating the government of the people. They are to look at the laws and translate them, if you would. But they can't make laws. At least they're not supposed to. Because this is a trinity, this government of the United States of America will only function if 
these three parts operate in the order of God's pattern. In other words, the executive has a right to rule. The legislative carries out the will of the executive. And the judicial simply, if you would, implements the laws and ensures that they are being fulfilled justly. America's weakness in one regard is because they tried to make these three branches of government equal. Now, they have protections to put most of the power in the executive, and that's a redeeming factor. But they can be no more equal than God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit are equal. They can be no more equal than a man and a woman are equal. Government requires headship. And generally, our government functions with the headship of the president. So it's quasi-effective, although it does have a weakness, in the sense that it would try to have co-equal. Now, if you really want to violate the government of God, then you would do exactly what the other trinities speak of. Instead of going left to right, you would start going right to left so that the body starts telling the spirit what to do. Our rap music is a corruption of the trinity of God by ruling over melody and harmony. And our government is going to be under the same laws. We have a trinity government. We have to operate in the fashion of the trinities of God, or else we're going to have trouble. And I'm going to give you an example of it right now. In 1973, the Supreme Court of the United States heard the case Roe versus Wade. Their role as judges was simply to translate the law as to what was written. But is that what they did? You see, the risk of the Supreme Court is that they, as the third part of this trinity, would start making law. And if they do, it's going to have the same destructive results as any other trinity would have. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit telling the Father what to do? or that I live by the lust of my body, and my spirit and my soul are subject to it. And a lot of people do that, and you see the destruction of their lives. In Roe versus Wade, they did not examine what the laws of Congress have provided. They made law. There should be a giant alarm going off saying, hold it, you're destroying the Trinity of the United States of America. When the decision on Roe versus Wade gave the right to kill babies, they corrupted the Trinity of God. And when you go right to left at any Trinity, the outcome is going to be death. And that's why I said at the beginning, 
that the violation of a trinity cost the lives of 53 million people. That is exactly what has happened. And do you see why it is so destructive? They violated a trinity. It's almost like Satan. I have addressed in previous podcasts, and more specifically in the podcast titled The Father's Unfaithful Wife, that Satan is actually a female entity in the relationship with the Father. Satan is actually the Father's wife. And that these bodies that we have, where the serpent is cast down to the earth, or the sperm is cast down to the egg and produces the offspring of this wretched man that we are? These are the offspring of Satan. And they end up in death. So when the woman seeks to usurp the man, it's the same thing as this trinity being violated. It's the corruption of God's government and his ways. And his ways also are that when you corrupt his government, it will lead to death. I hope that before the coming of Emmanuel to this earth, that we can rectify this vile and lawless act of murder that has come upon 53 million babies because the Supreme Court reversed the trinity of this nation and made laws. I pray that this nation will overturn Roe versus Wade before the coming of Emmanuel. And with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and if Yahweh God does raise up a man, the preacher of righteousness, the Elijah, it will be declared. And quite frankly, that truth is being declared right now. The fact is, this nation of ours had better get its house in order for the coming of Emmanuel. And not only America, but all nations and all people. And what was it that brought Roe versus Wade into our court system? It was feminism. It was the woman demanding her rights. It was on the heels of the 60s and going into the 70s, which was rabid feminism. And the reason Roe versus Wade was filed was because their position was that the woman has a right over her womb. It was feminism. And it is feminism where the woman abandons her place, following after the ways of Satan who abandoned her place, that brings death and destruction. I've said earlier, people do not know the ways of Yahweh. And if they did, they would not be killing babies. They would not be allowing women to vote. 
they would recognize what God's government is and they would hold to it. But let me tell you something very clearly. The spirit that's in America and around the world right now comes from the God of this world, Satan, who, as addressed in the podcast, The Father's Unfaithful Wife, is the female equally rebelling against the male, the father. Satan rebelled against the father, and he went to the woman, and he continues to go to the woman ever since. He went to Eve and corrupted her. The scriptures tell us that the man was not deceived, but the woman was greatly deceived. In fact, let's look at that verse right now. In 1 Timothy 2, starting with verse 11, it says, A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. Did you get that, folks? The woman is to receive, not just is to, the woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. Women don't like hearing that today. But that is the government of God, and you can violate his government so long, and there will be severe consequences and judgment. Verse 12, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. You could say or exercise the authority of a man. I've seen that as well. But to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. Government folks, there's a reason for it. There's God the Father, God the Son. There's man and then the woman. As set forth in 1 Corinthians 11. And the man was created before the woman. For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman, being greatly deceived, fell into transgression. Most translations just say the woman was deceived, as though it's the same word where it says it was not Adam who was deceived. When it says the woman was being deceived, that is a strengthened form of that Greek word, and it means greatly, thoroughly deceived. And it says, but the woman being thoroughly deceived fell into transgression. You know, I like this last verse in this chapter. It says, but women will be preserved through the bearing of children. That word preserved is actually saved. Women will be saved through the bearing of children. That doesn't mean salvation by faith. It's being delivered from harm as well. The woman will be saved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Let me give you a little practicality, folks. Why is it that Yahweh God, in creating the woman, had her to start ovulating at about the age of 12, somewhere in there, 12, 13. I think the average is 12. Why do they start ovulating at that young an age? Do you know 
that Rebekah was 10 years old when she married Isaac? Well, 10 years old. Yahweh God's design for the woman is that she is ready to become a mother at around the age of 12, 13. And that was not unusual in times past. What has happened is we have corrupted society so much with pleasure, with pursuit of finances, with wanton sensuality, with sexuality, aberrant behavior. We have corrupted it so much, it has driven the age of marriage out so far that it causes destruction in people's lives. We just read in 1 Timothy 2.15, women will be saved through the bearing of children. Think about it. How much better would it be if when girls got to the age of puberty and started ovulating and married at the age of 12, 13, 14, what you're going to escape is this corrupt teenage period and we're in so much destruction and so much sin begins to take place. If people followed the scripture, they would be marrying much younger and they would have children. They would be involved in motherhood. And the woman would be saved through the bearing of children by escaping all of the corruption that the world has to offer. She would be too busy with her family, go right into familyhood once she matured. You see, we in this world think we're so smart that we become fools. We are so ignorant of Yahweh. We are so ignorant of Satan, and we, as a society, as a people, suffer because of it. We suffer sin, we suffer calamity, hardship, and death because of it. If women married earlier like they used to, like the scripture said, they would be saved through the bearing of children. And remember, we had pointed out that Roe versus Wade was brought before the Supreme Court out of feminism, destruction, and 53 million babies have been slaughtered because of it. In the book, The Curse of 1920, which I wrote several years ago, we talk about the destructiveness of feminism. And again, keep in mind that this goes back to Satan being the wife of Yahweh. And for seemingly spiritual fulfillment of being like God, which is what people want to do is be like God, right? Satan tempted the woman. She was greatly deceived. Adam wasn't deceived. 
His problem was that he listened to his wife. But it ends in destruction. The woman is not allowed to teach or to exercise the authority of a man. You will remember in Timothy, a woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. And if you want to disagree with me on this, Satan is standing right by your side, urging you on. He loves it because you're validating her, Satan. You're doing exactly what he, her, wanted you to do. It's to abandon your place. Now let's look at the government of this. In 1 Corinthians 11, we see the pattern. There is the Father, who is the head of the Son. The Son, Yeshua, is the head of all men. And the man is the head of his wife. And it stops there. It does not say, and the wife is the head of her children. She is not recognized with headship. Why? Because she's female. Female does not have a right to headship. I don't care if the Constitution gave the women the right to vote. It is still corruption of God's ways, and we are suffering for it today. Do you know that as soon as women got the rights to vote, that the cost of government skyrocketed? And we wonder why we've got multi-trillion dollar debt? We won't get out of our debt. We just absolutely are not going to be able to anyway. But we could have done something about it if we got women out of governance. Brothers and sisters, there are consequences to violating God's laws. You can stand on a cliff and jump, and there are consequences. There is no difference when it comes to government. The Father is the head of the Son. The Son is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. There is no headship assigned to the woman. She does not have a rod between her legs. And that is the sign of authority. The woman does not have the right to bear the rod. The only woman who came close to doing anything even remotely near that was when Esther went before the king and touched the head of the rod. She did not take it. I don't care what women think today or say about the right to teach and the right to pastor or even the right to rule. They are dead wrong. Deborah sitting under a palm tree and judging is not a justification for women to violate the government of God. And that scripture that says there's neither male nor female, well, there's bond and free. It's not talking about women having the right to govern. You've got to remember, the same man that said there's neither male nor female said the woman is not allowed to teach or to exercise the authority of a man, but are to remain silent. And he says, as in all the churches, this is the case. When, when are you, society, going to wake up to this fact 
that women standing in the place of the man is the same as listening to and doing the work of the devil. You are agreeing with Satan. When are you going to wake up? In America alone, you've got 53 million babies who are dead. And how about worldwide? Satan is the ruler of this world. He's the god of this world. He has the power of death. And women aborting their babies are simply following in the ways of their father, Satan. When are you going to wake up? It amazes me how utterly blind Christians are when it comes to this issue. This, head coverings and modest dress, utterly blind, and music, utterly blind concerning the consequences of ungodly music where you have the rhythm leading, you don't have melody, harmony out front. Utterly blind when it comes to women in governance. The church is not going to wake up unless Yahweh does something different. He has to put the body of Christ to sleep. It has failed for 2,000 years. It is corrupting the kingdom. And it does not know the difference between good and evil. It's like the scripture says, you call good evil and evil good. That's the way most Christians are, frankly. They don't know any difference. They call good evil and evil good. And they dress like the world and they have become nothing more than harlots. And let me tell you what, ladies, the way you dress and when you cause men to sin in lust, you will pay the price as a prostitute. And you ladies who do not stay at home, it was the prostitute in the book of Proverbs whose feet did not stay at home. I don't even care if you're going out and going to church too much. Thinking you're doing the will of God, go home and be a mother and a wife. That is your duty. And of course, I'm speaking in general. There were women who followed around Yeshua. I suspect, number one, they probably didn't have husbands unless the husbands were there with them. But it's obvious that those women would be serving others. They would be fixing the food and taking care of different womanly matters. And you say, oh, that's insulting to say womanly matters. You're like the angels, folks, when you're like that. Ladies, you're like the angels who abandoned their place. You're doing the same thing. You are abandoning your place. And if you want to know more about that, then go to rendabride.org. Not .com, .org. And watch the video series titled Abandoned. Or you can watch The Slippery Slope of Compromise. It's amazing how blind people are. It's amazing how blind women are. And what they do. Even Christian women. Yeshua, come quickly.
Father, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Give your bride the latter rain, and give us a voice to speak truth, Father, and to prepare the way for the coming of your Son. I told you at the beginning, this is government, this is bones, and this is what you're getting. Now you know how 53 million babies have died. Our nation didn't follow the trinity of executive, legislative, and judicial. They reversed it, and it's going to be true with all of the others, whether it be music, whether it be your own personal life, where your mind, will, and emotions, or you're following your body instead of your spirit, or if you're ignoring wisdom and starting with knowledge. You have to walk each one of these out according to the pattern of left to right and not go back the other way. Our hope is that Yahweh God is going to have mercy on us. We are grateful for the light and the truth that we are receiving. And I hope that Yahweh completes what he began 2,000 years ago, establishes his latter rain bride, and we prepare the way for Emmanuel to come back to this earth and set up his government. Because folks, look around you. Government is an absolute mess, and the church is an absolute mess. It is blind. So I hope you've benefited from this podcast. I pray that you take it to heart. And I hope that it changes your life. I want to invite you to go to rentabride.com. And on the left side of the page, you will see in red letters, it says beliefs and conduct. I want to challenge you to read the beliefs and conduct. I hope that you understand and accept the beliefs, and I hope that you fully embrace what is written concerning conduct. The bride makes herself ready, and that's going to be an integral part of preparing the way for Emmanuel. If I may, I would like to interrupt myself here and add some more information before I close. After recording this podcast, I was working on it yesterday evening and editing it so as to make it presentable and get it ready to go on the podcast page. And meanwhile, I checked the news and a most interesting piece of news really caught my attention. And let me explain this. Yesterday, February 18, 2017, Norma McCorvey, the infamous Jane Roe, in Roe versus Wade, died. She died at the age of 69. That certainly caught my attention, given that I had just completed a podcast about Roe versus Wade. But there's even more to it than that. First, of course, we share a same age that is quite significant. This year I will be 69. 
and 69 is the sum of the three 23s. And so this year, in the year of my 69th birthday, we are hoping for the latter rain. And there are a series of podcasts already titled 232323. And so Norma McCorvey, or Jane Rowe, died at the age of 69, the very year that we're looking for Yahweh to do something to reverse the curse. Now, obviously, Norma, as you might know, repented of all of that and was a great supporter of pro-life. But nonetheless, here she is at 69, and she dies on the day that I'm doing this podcast. But even beyond that, there's more. Not only did she die at the age of 69, but also in 1969, which is the year that I married my wife, in 1969 is when she got pregnant and tried to find a place for an abortion, was not successful, and then in 1970, that's when she hooked up with Sarah Weddington, and the legal case that brought the murder of 53 million children was passed. And so, we have two 69s in common. Her pregnancy in 1969, what started all of this, the year that I married my wife, and then she died at the age of 69 as well. It is indeed my hope that Yahweh is performing a testimony concerning what we are hoping for this year and what Yahweh God could well be doing. And we have Norma McCarvey speaking to this in a most unusual way. But (laughs) there are some things here that just cry out for attention. So we do indeed look for Yahweh to overturn Roe versus Wade, and Norma McCorvey would rejoice in this greatly. So, with this, I will go back to the closing that I had in the original recording of this podcast. And I hope that you take this message to heart. In the name of Yeshua, Amen.